You are listening to another Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast of the Board of Youth and Young Adults of the BFC. We exist to refocus, recapture, and realign student ministry with a grace-filled and God-focused vision. I am Chris. I'm Jared. I'm Tim. And we just want to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time you listen to us. We are so glad that you do. We are. It's good to be back. It is good to be back. We had a little bit of a break i had yeah i was contacted said hey where are you guys i was like oh wow oh, people you care. missed us they miss us That's so nice they just missed you so yeah they didn't tell it i don't contact me breaking news uh not to interrupt this podcast but uh tim's weird mustache beard thing beard. is gone uh beard stash. his beard stash is no longer his beard has returned we are very the, the grateful beard. no 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 stop beard has always been here it was just the beard was the beard was trimmed no, and it the was, mustache no, was thick. No, it was it was more like a stubble stash. Oh my Ooh, God. I like that. Can I copyright that? Only only if you rock it, you may copyright it. I can't rock it. I don't do a good beard we believe in you thing. We believe in do, you. Do you want to know <laughs> when I was actually I was share this anyway. I was down at Ligonier, um, which is you know, I was gone last week, so it's part of the reason why I guess we couldn't get together. I don't know about you guys' schedules, but and I went to the missional wear table. Familiar with that? The people yeah, that make yeah. all those t-shirts and things. And there was one really cool t-shirt that talked about like the manliness of a beard. Mm. And I was looking at it and the guy was like, oh, you want it? I was like, nah, I, said, I, can't, I can't buy that. I said, I can't grow a beard. He's like, oh, come on. And 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 he, we were just talking about something else where I, where I told someone like, oh, just do it in faith and it'll happen. He was like, dude, just, just buy the shirt in faith and your beard will come in. <laughs> I, like, I don't think that's the way that it works. A sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I also say, while I was down at Ligonier and you were Did down Did you buy there, any shirts? No, I didn't. No, oh, I spent too much money on shirts. Like I just bought books. Um, you were down there how, how many years ago now? Last year. Last year. Okay. Yeah. So when you were down there, did they do the live podcasts in the bookstore? Yeah. So I saw that going on. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I, I stood around for, a, not. I didn't really listen to him at length, yeah. but I'm really intimidated now mm. uh, because that, that I saw live that guy who does who hosts all their podcasts mm. with that amazing deep Bold, yeah. full voice Ligonier Ministries you know that that guy it's pretty close yeah it's yeah I'm I think I'm that's when I knew I was an amateur are you yeah are, what are is what you're saying is we need someone with that deep voice on our show what I was just saying is I just realized how amateur we are or at least me <laughs> <laughs> listen to those guys and they had they had cool chairs and well it's always hard when you do a live I, podcast I like, like that because they do it they do video too yes we're the audio only so we our table's a mess i would like to go back to our podcast we're very disheveled and and figure out how many times chris has said his amateur nature on our pod on the podcast so. There you go, listeners. There's an assignment for you. Go back and listen to all our episodes. I, I don't think and I brought that up that often. Note how many times Chris have I considers us amateurs? So, something or like a joke about amateur or thanks for listening to us or something like that. Like isn't, thanks for listening to us, even though isn't, isn't amateur just we're not getting paid? So is that the definition? Well, I know professional means you are paid, right? So we're definitely so. not professional because <laughs> no one's paying us. That's true. <laughs> to do this, right? It's now. a great definition. Well, you can tell based on how long we've rambled that we're amateurs. Uh, so we're going <laughs> to transition now because I couldn't think of anything better um, into our topic for the day. Well, it's the time of year transitions happening. Ooh, right? spring and or winter into spring. Jared just went for it, and uh, sometimes. As you approach the summer, you have, we'll talk about this next week, so we're kind of ahead of ourselves. We're kind of putting the cart before the horse in this transition, but uh, you have leaders who are off-boarding, stepping out of youth ministry, 
But in order for them to not have a hole, for you not to have a hole, you need to onboard mm. new volunteers. Yes. And the best time, <laughs> the best time, quote unquote, is to do that in the spring so that you're they're onboarded properly by the fall when your ministry yes. kicks off again. Yeah. And I mean, historically for us, we've had new people want to come on in the summertime, but it, it does work out when they're willing to commit towards the end of the school year. Right. So, sometimes I've found, and I don't want to jump, you know, this is just a thing that you brought up. So it's, I'm, it's to mine when they start in the spring and there's not a very clear place for them to serve in, mm -hmm. they can feel for the first several months, like lost. Yeah. Um, why, what's my role here? Am I just kind of tagging on to this group that mm -hmm. I don't, the kids don't really know me. It's, it's April and mm -hmm. we're taking a hiatus in a few months. Yeah. So but that, conversely, that's, if you onboard over the summer, yeah. if you get their feet wet in the spring and onboard in the summer, you have more relaxed environments where they get to rub shoulders with the kids yeah. with events and yeah. stuff. Well, we, we, we do picnics over the summer, like a more low key yeah. youth gathering. So that's, um, and actually very few, like I intentionally tell my leaders we're having six picnics come to three yeah. and do not come to the other three mm. if, if you can yeah. give yourself a break. So it's usually more chill. I think you also, you're onboarding during the summer or like the spring because you're looking at your your student ministry from that year and your numbers and thinking through what next year will look like according to your church numbers and the kids moving up and you're yeah. considering what is my current staff what staff have told me that they're going to my volunteers which ones are going to stick with me and you're just looking at all those things like that's one of those natural things in youth ministry is at the end of every year you're kind of evaluating looking you're considering mm -hmm. uh, i've also uh, for for myself i've always been asking are there any leaders people in the church that i i would like to just start thinking about and getting them on even if my numbers are okay mm -hmm. um an, an an extra volunteer is not a bad thing no yeah. so i was just going to ask about that you know we don't we actually didn't plan to discuss this aspect but what, as far as, so time of year, it would seem like based on this conversation, we're saying if you can bring them in to get their feet wet, end of the, end of school year, summer at latest, so that they're ready by the yeah. fall, that's ideal. But what about season of your youth ministry regarding how many leaders you have? Like I, I remember after being on staff for maybe a year or two, I just started stacking the youth leaders. Like we had like 20 five, I think, youth leaders on at once. And then we'd lose some, but it was okay because mm -hmm. we had so many. Mm -hmm. But then I stopped pushing that, especially during COVID, because nobody mm -hmm. wanted to join a new ministry during COVID. Right. And during that season, man, we lost like yep. 10 people. Yep. It was crazy. And then, but I felt like because we were already, we were over 20, now I'm down to maybe 10, 12 mm -hmm. committed people. And it's not terrible. Versus if I had sat around that number, mm -hmm. And lost all those people, we'd be right. like three people. You were just telling me while we were waiting for Tim to show up, Jared, what you just had the other night. Yeah, that we had like <laughs> three, we have six leaders other than myself and three of them were out, two were gone, uh, one was sick and then the two other ones were other committed. So it was like, we had three leaders and that was a really right. interesting night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a whole nother battle in youth ministry is um, knowing when, <laughs> knowing when you're actually unsafe per se or well, i think the general rule there is in one sense we're saying recruit in the spring but also i mean recruiting should happen all, all year all year you yeah. should know they should always be praying and seeking out if anyone is on here and listening because we're going to be detailed 
the recommend the recommendation I've always heard was like one to five. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you have you have five boys, you have one male leader, you have five girls, you have one female leader. So and it's again it's separated by the guys and girls. It's not oh a mix of five girls and five bo- a mix of a mix of guys and girls equaling up to five, just one leader. No, you should think about the males, the females. Yeah, and. And it's we, a hard thing to reach, but it, it, it is, and I, and I think you have to make realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's there's like child safety protocols you want to align with as far as ratio as yeah. best you possibly can. Uh, you want to work with the leadership of your church who's making those those calls. Obviously, the state if they have rules. Um, but you know, we've talked in the past about how to find good leaders and what to look for in leaders in past episodes, as far as character and ministry. And that's super important. So we encourage you, if you've not listened to that, to go back and listen to those episodes. But today we really want to talk about practically how to bring them on. And let's actually start here. I mean, we've actually already been discussing a bit about season, but when you actually go to, to get a person now, so we're starting there, let's, let's actually start with, um, how best to get, I'll call them prospective youth leaders? Um, do you advertise from the pulpit? Um, do you have the elders or your senior pastor push it? Do you come up and do a special announcement? I remember one year, do you make a promo video and show it if your church has the ability to do that? Or do you just headhunt? You go after specific people um, or do you do both? Uh, or do you have your leaders do it? And I know sometimes it's a mix of all these things, but what have you guys found to be the most effective? Obviously we can do all those things, mm-hmm. but with our limited time. I think both uh, is effective because if you make the announcement up front or a slew of those things, whether it's from the pulpit or a video or yourself, you're reaching, you're potentially reaching people you you haven't thought of. Uh, when you're headhunting, your narrowed focus is like, this is the ideal leader that I'm looking at and I'm going to find it. Sometimes it might open up the door of, hey, I didn't think about Bob as a youth leader, but he's now burdened with this because he heard about it. And he wants, and it continues into conversation, but you're at least bringing out, you're widening the net in a sense, uh, and opportunities for other people to step up that you might not have been thinking about to headhunt or to pursue personally. Yeah. I've, I've tried to keep it, it always open that youth ministry is an area that you can serve within the church, uh, but I, I tend to be a headhunter. I find that I don't like the awkwardness of handling a conversation with somebody that should not be in youth ministry. So I'd rather uh, I'd rather be pursuing the people that I've been getting to know, and I'm getting feelings about skills inside of uh, the students and teaching abilities, friendliness, kindness, like those things I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid faith in Christ. So it takes sometimes it can take a little longer, but I feel better when I'm headhunting and I already know some of the deeper things about these people before I then go, hey, you know, I've been getting to know you. I really think you'd be a nice fit for the youth ministry program. And I kind of encourage them in those areas that I've seen and we have a conversation. So I tend to be a headhunter. Do you guys think it's wise um, to limit youth leaders to members of the church? Yes. I would agree, I would agree with that statement with one caveat that if they're moving towards membership, you might be able to bring them in mm-hmm. on the process. Okay, yeah, I, I think that's that's wise, and that kind of guards against the wrong people. Because in the past, Tim, to your point, I've been skittish <clears throat> of putting out a blast. We need help, 
um, to the whole church because you don't want the wrong person applying. Um, but what's you know it's so interesting though. But to your point with going to individuals and actually, I think it's with any volunteer position. You go to them, you say, "Hey, I think you should consider this and pray about it." I sent an email uh, to our entire parent list, the whole parent list, mm. that we are desperate for leaders. I didn't even get a response, mm. which is usually our parents interact with me over things. Mm. I was really surprised, like not even a response, like, hey, praying for this uh, doesn't work for us, but, you know, like not, not like just crickets. I was shocked mm. at that. I find most people don't believe they're fit or able to do those types of things. They they think there are more qualified people or they want to give the opportunity and I'm going after someone that maybe they I find they never served in a ministry capacity of like youth men or mm. children that they kind of go on saying like, well, I just don't I, don't, I don't, I never thought I had those types of gifts. I'm like, you're really good with kids. I watch you. Yeah. Uh, you'll be a natural. I'm not, I'm not asking you, I don't need you to be a teacher. And if I li- have you lead a small group, it's not like I just feed you, you know, I don't feed you the wolves in the sense that I don't prep <laughs> you. I give you the stuff mm-hmm. for your preparation and for your abilities. I find that many times that they have this huge, huge like high, um, they, they, they have like a high standard of what the person should be and they think mm-hmm. they're not it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so the headhunting helps because you're going, sometimes you're going after that person that you're like, oh, I know they never served, but they have gifts. Mm. And you're actually, as a staff member, a pastor, you're, you're empowering them with kind of saying, hey, God has gifted you in this way. I can see it. Let's give it a shot here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had conversations like that quite a few times with people and and love seeing what God does to them to this day. Um, I can think of someone in my church right now, just as an example, that when I was in youth ministry, he was serving as a, a guy leader and he had never done anything like that and would tell me that I'm not really a teacher. Um, I'm still like growing in Christ. I said, that's exactly what I want. Well, now today he's not in youth ministry anymore, but he's the one leading our men's ministry on a Wednesday night. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. The Lord challenged him and he just kept growing. So that's another reason why it's important to, I think, Jared's point, find the people you wouldn't, uh, that you normally wouldn't look at. Right. But on the other side, if you're headhunting, go after the people that they're not the 10% that are serving. L- yeah. Look for the. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's assume that we found this person, right? We've identified this person. We're having conversations with this person. What are the, some of the steps that we're going to take before we they commit? to yeah. helping in youth ministry? Well, I think it's obvious, conversation, 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 prayer, 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 conversation. I know those are all <clears throat> cliches and you know obvious ones, but mm. really having a dialogue with them, because uh, you don't you don't want to treat it like a job where they have to go through this rigorous process and and et cetera. Mm. But that being said, you do want to show them the it's important to you and mm-hmm. that the church cares who's ministering to their youth. It's not just someone with a pulse. Right. Um, and I think even an application uh, that they need to fill out and submit um, so you can look over and then you can have lots of conversations with them and allow them to test drive, so to speak, um, Allow them to come out on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night whenever you do your gatherings and observe what's going on, watch, let them sit in on a small group um, and and kind of get a feel for things Mm -hmm. in in that area. 
I've also, you wrote prayer here and, and you said, that you know, we know it's a cliche, but going deeper into that, it's specifically praying, Lord, um, I'm, help me may, help me clarify if this individual that I'm looking at Lord is right for the ministry but then additionally before you even meet with them to have the conversation like maybe the initial conversation was just like I was just thinking about you um, and and then later you say hey I would love to get together with you just to talk about this opportunity but I want to encourage you I know that it may not you may not be thinking about this but I want to encourage you to pray about this um, about the whether or not the Lord would have you serve in this ministry and I just want to get together and let's talk about it. Even if you're not going to do it, I would love to just chat with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that's really helpful because I find that too often the instinct of everybody is just to say, I don't think I have any skill sets in that. So just no, mm-hmm. but, but challenging them to bring it before the Lord and saying, let's just chat. Um, after we pray. Mm-hmm. So. Well, part of that is having clear expectations of what a leader is going to do. Uh, whether it be a small group or other auxiliary leader that's helping out throughout the night, whatever, uh, because then you can walk through what that is. You can break that down saying, hey, this is what I expect of a small group leader, X, Y, Z, so it's not just ambiguous. Because like you said, they're going to they're gonna have their own preconceived mm. notions of what a small group leader is, and like, I can't commit to that. I, yeah. I'm not good enough for that. But you're like, well, I'm going to resource you the questions. I'm going to give you some guidance, some experience or some training. And so it's like, no, walk, walk with this through me and and consider what, what it's going to be. And that's, and that's the benefit to your point, Jared, earlier about also announcing it to the congregation from the pulpit Mm -hmm. and and sharing a more robust announcement Mm -hmm. that that is planned out well, that you're not just rambling. And so the people know what the expectation is. Sharing the vision. Right. Like not going up and saying, Hey, we need help in youth group. And we want to help. Yeah. But cast Do the, you like kids? Yeah. Uh, not like that. Anyway, so you're- I've yeah, heard it. I've heard it. <laughs> you're being able to share that vision with them. Like, hey, I mean, we, we on snow glow and these many kids made commitments or recommitted their lives to Christ. That, you want to be a part of that. Because most of the kids, most of the people we're talking to in a church are have come up through or have some experience of youth ministry, being youth ministry. And the best part is like, hey, you remember that youth leader who- stayed with you that night that you were like everything was falling apart you could be that person yeah setting a vision i think is 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 really big um going back to your test driving and their observing night another thing that's important is great be a great communicator as a youth pastor and send out a note to your your leaders and say hey um this individual so so and so is coming by the night just to observe the youth group make sure you pop over and say hello uh, great. Just again, great. Com- be a good communicator. Make that night for them um, a healthy experience. Yeah. And that, w- one of the things that I, I've done um, in the past as well, before kind of officially bringing them on at least, is I always email my youth leaders. Hey, any of you, hey, let's just vote on this um, so that in case anybody knows them and knows something about them, I say, please reach out to me. Mm. I've never had a negative there. Uh, I have had somebody. She ended up test driving. She was all gung ho about it. She test drove, and I was like, "Oh, great! I need her. She's gonna start." And then, yeah, uh, I'm not cut out for this. <laughs> and then their family ended up leaving the church. So, mm-hmm. guess it worked out mm-hmm. in that regard. But uh, test driving is very important because this this person did not have any idea mm-hmm. what to expect, and they were very interested in helping. And they even they even came to. Um, we did like a bonfire in the fall, and they came out to that mm-hmm. and helped and seemed to, oh, I'm interested in this. Oh, great. But when they came to an actual night mm. and saw what was involved in the small groups and all that, 
Nope. Mm -hmm. I, I would also encourage them when they come, when you say, hey, come test drive, encourage them to please ask some questions, um, be like not think about questions that you might have, things that were confusing or concerns that you have. Um, tell them to be thinking about that when they're there. Yeah. So they've had that test drive night or nights. Um, and we're talking with a couple right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they've, I've had lots of conversations with the husband at least. <laughs> um, they've prayed about it and uh, they came out to a night, really enjoyed it. And he said, my wife and I would like to test drive, have another night to come out. So he told me the night they were coming. And so they need another night. You know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think in here, I, I have it in our notes at the bottom, but it, and that's not because it's the last thing because it should permeate the whole process is patience. Um, it's flexibility, flexibility, mm-hmm. but also patience, like wait for God to bring the mm-hmm. right person mm-hmm. and not just the right person, the right timing. Mm-hmm. It might not be the right time in the right person's life to start Yeah, because of the commitment level. You, you, you all know how it works. You, you throw someone in, they're not ready, they're the wrong person, and the damage is far worse than where you were before they started. So mm-hmm. just to come in on that a little bit, it's uh, I've had to keep it on my head when someone is very hesitant, if you find yourself having to convince mm-hmm. <laughs> that's actually the moment that that is the sign to you that you bring this leader on they will go off as well mm-hmm. yeah so that's i think chris's point is so excellent it's a hard one though because sometimes there are moments where we're desperate mm-hmm. um and in those desperate moments there's we're kind of a little bit more lenient but i i have found from failure that those leaders that you're kind of like, no, you definitely can do it. It, it won't be too stressful. Like, oh, it sounds like you could handle it. And then you bring them on and they're always stressed. They're always kind of, you're always pulling at their teeth to, like, to do stuff. And then eventually they kind of just, they're like, I can't do this. And, and can I can I bring this to, um, not, not that this is what this text means by any stretch, but can I uh, make the analogy to the gospel and salvation and what Jesus talks about the, 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 the seeds in the soil that, you mm-hmm. know, that there are seeds that are cast along the path and th- there are those that hate youth ministry and despise <laughs> it and, and run away. There are some that are sown in rocky ground. And they're the ones that they come uh, in. They're like, it, well, they're like, yeah, and they have this big spurt of energy. But then, then, but but then, as soon as life gets hard for them because they didn't know how to, pro- and they they weren't all for for the right reasons, yeah. they they die out. And then there's those that are among the thorns, and they're the ones that just they want to watch football instead eventually. And and thorns of the world. And then I, I, I'm with you. Then, very, then very there specific. are those. Then there are those <laughs> who who. It's genuine. All right, soil. And, and so it falls on the right soil it. and they bear much fruit <laughs> in student ministry. I, I was going to say that when you were in the thorns, it could be that actual scary leader that you you saw some signs yeah. and you didn't listen to the signs and then you have an issue that actually causes you problems in your youth ministry That's true. and then they, they leave. They can take that away too. Well, and, yeah. and, and, so. and, Anyways. and, and there's the, the, the other side of when Jesus says to count the cost and following mm-hmm. him, I think mm-hmm. that's in any ministry. Yeah. And I, I would much rather, you know, in to be a faithful sharer of the gospel, you need, you need to lay out. This is the gospel for youth ministry. Well, no, I'm serious. <laughs> Volunteers, like, gospel you know, for youth ministry. In, Volunteers. And be a faithful share of the gospel, you lay out the cost of following Christ and you lay it on their soul and you let the spirit bring it to them. I think it's the same thing with, with service in the church. This is what is required mm-hmm. of you. 
and you should you should take this seriously think on it meditate on it mm-hmm. let your yes be yes yes right. and then commit if you feel led by the spirit and god will do that right. and if not then then leave it and turn away all right so they're committed yeah committed. they're they're, they're ready they, they, they test drove a couple times and you're sitting down and have a meeting what does that mean you look like? you're gonna go over like you just said the commitment level uh, whether you introduce a, a team, well, I would co- say they're they're not committed at this point. Well, no, no, but you're talking about the commitment, the level. commitment level. Yeah, sure. Right. So right. you're talking about this is what is required yeah. if you're going to commit to this. This is that final meeting to really let them like make the final decision. Right, right. whether they it's feel good now. about it. Let me lay out now. Yes. Um, let's talk more in depth about the pro- what I do, what we yeah the, the weekly program, annual events. Like do you guys have a retreats. youth leader covenant, or did you? And uh, do you? I have something. That I had them sign or something. I have a written application that I had in red when I was in Reading. Uh, When I came to Coopersburg, I adjusted it and I had decided because of the format that was already the not the format, the things that were in place at Coopersburg and the past of Coopersburg that I didn't want to bring it in right away. There probably would have came a time I would have brought it back in um, if I had re-explained why and things like that. But in Reading, I used it and it was very helpful. Um, And so, what do we mean though by a team covenant? Yeah, it's just what you're agreeing to, and we use the word covenant. At least I I do because I I think of you know it's a biblical term. It's where you're you're committing yourself, but not just a handshake. It's like I am giving myself to this do, ministry. Do you cut some birds and animals in half and have them? No, typically pop tarts. We open the bag and we put the <laughs> pop tarts on the both both sides, oh. and there's no no. Um, but it it it, it just lays I out. Like it. Not just expectations, but you know the posture within which you'll serve. It's mm-hmm. it's not just it's not just your actions, but your attitude. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just um, what you'll do, but who you are, who you are saying I am. That you're a follower of Christ. Now these can be over the top. I'll be honest. Uh, three years ago, I think this is you know a growth moment for me. I I realized that my covenant I had up to that point was overbearing. It was so specific, and it was too much. And I remember my sweet humble, patient youth leaders, when I shared that in the meeting that I was shifting this year to a more generic covenant, you could see in all their eyes and they all started smiling that they <laughs> they, they agreed it was over the top. And, well, and so there's there's a balance there. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be good and helpful for another episode. I think we should talk about what you might put in a um, youth ministry covenant like at another hand, episode. Handbook, yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, and I, then I, we can put them, we'll put them in the notes, but sure. I think we should have a whole separate... Uh, yeah, let's podcast, do it. So yeah, let's so, do. Well, so, right now we're kind of running out of time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's wrap this up, and and we'll talk about next week a little bit about after you've had this initial meeting. Once you yeah. started this test drive, what is it? What happens to happen? What should happen before they start? Yeah, before they they actually fully commit. But let me wrap this up so we have the details here. Though, when you go, when you're heading to this meeting, make sure you don't just go and just ramble. Like, go in with actual information. Like, know your information. Know your meeting times. Know what you no. and know the commitment level. Know um, that be able to actually discuss with them about gifting. So, know about giftings. Like, right. don't go in there and guessing about mm-hmm. a few. Also, in like their interests. Like, have it prepped at what question you're going to ask them like be an organized detailed youth pastor that is making people feel like they can follow you right so that's really important yeah, yeah. so i just wanted to add that yeah, in as we cl- close we don't this miss that out yeah. yeah well thank you for listening to this episode of another youth ministry podcast uh we want you to follow us like us share us uh connect with us we're on instagram another ym podcast or you can email us old-fashioned style at another ym podcast at gmail.com